0: We'd like to acknowledge that we're recording this on Wurundjeri, Boon and Woi land of the Kulin Nation, that sovereignty was never ceded, and we'd like to pay our respects to Elders past and present, and families from those communities. Well, I'm not going to get into what I know or what I don't know. Here's what I know.
1: No one is the suppository of
0: all wisdom. It's like medicine, though. You have to to write this stuff or else what what are you going to do with the feelings inside?
1: Waitress walks over to
0: me. Hey, what you reading for?
1: <laughs> we will decide who comes to this country and the circumstances in which they come. When you exert a force
0: on one end of the lever, it produces another force here on the other end to lift the load. In summing up, it's Marbo, it's, marvo, marvo, it's justice, justice, it's law, it's the vibe, it's and uh, uh, no, that's, no, it. that's it's it. it. It's the vibe. So welcome to the finale of the podcast. I can't wait for this to happen because I've been waiting for Manushka to come on this show and join in with me about this weird kind of view of life and laughing at how crazy life can be. Um, And Manushka, as you'll find out during the episode, Manushka is really responsible for like pushing my brain at different points over the years to think about things that have ended up kind of gelling in the form of this podcast. So thank you, Manushka, and welcome.
1: Wow, <laughs> I'm, I feel, you know, <laughs> no, <frozen>. freaked out.
0: <laughs> freaked out,
1: yeah, I had no idea that I had any kind of impact whatsoever, but yeah. yeah, that's great.
0: Yeah, good one. Always happy to help. Is part of you thinking that everyone else in the library can hear us, and even though we booked a room... We might still be making too much noise.
1: No, it's not the library. It's who could potentially out there be listening to this eventually. It freaks me out a bit.
0: But you are, I mean, were you thinking that when you were presenting on MTV? you you like, what if someone watches MTV?
1: Well, I didn't present on MTV. I was behind the scenes on MTV. Oh, okay, all Right. So it's I always you did easier. a
0: touch of presenting.
1: Yes, I have. I have. I did a uh, show once, like a racing cars kind yeah. of thing. Yes. <laughs> yes. It, uh, it didn't go well. Because
0: you were a Formula One model or are still?
1: No, I, I was. Well, once, always. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah.
0: Like being a president of the United States, like Mr. President or Mrs. President, like they never. Even though they've been superseded and other people are in the role, they're always referred to as the president. So you're still a Formula One. No,
1: I don't think I ever was, to be honest. I just went along for the right. What like, are you talking was... about?
0: <laughs> you will have like, the most longevity. Head,
1: yeah. But in my head, I, I wasn't a Formula One girl because that's not doesn't fit into my perception of myself.
0: Oh, I see. Okay.
1: You know? Yeah. Uh, it's a bit like floozy like I don't need to do my or of a thing to do. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. So
0: um, I I think there's great character to being able to do floozyish things. Like I would say that sixty percent of my life is floozyish.
1: Oh yeah. Oh is, for sure. Do you like that aspect? The yeah. aspect?
0: Yeah, I feel like um it's me not taking myself or things around me too seriously. Yeah,
1: that's a good thing.
0: And even like, like even working five or six years in politics and, you know, pounding the pavement and having thousands of conversations with voters and doing so much to like train up other people and stuff like it all sounds very serious but i was an absolute Policy bimbo would be the word. Like you don't need to be an expert about this stuff. And even like that's carried through to this show. The world's so bad you have to laugh. We'll take a serious issue and just sort of like turn it around and and find the funny elements and the stupid elements. And we're obviously revealing the stupid elements of ourselves as we go. So, yeah. so that's kind of been the pattern over the last sort of five episodes in the first season. But, yeah, like that's carried through that idea of being like a policy bimbo when I'm actually working in politics has, has definitely carried over into this podcast where – I really want people to feel like you don't need to be some expert to be sort of like a talking head on television and talk about politics like the things that are in our lives are meaningful and that and just the nature that we're all alive that we all have um a voice and an opinion and a view and an experience that is uh that is worth sharing. So what what do you what do you think of this idea? Do you ever do you ever feel like you get run off the spot because you don't feel like you're an expert enough to speak on something?
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess what, what qualifies someone to be an expert though, to speak on something right. like,
0: exactly. you know? It's like the invitation. If you think
1: you are, you are.
0: Totally, totally. I, I've been watching the American political, like, my favorite soap opera is to watch Trump. at the moment is Donald Trump on YouTube. And I kind of flick around between, like, the Young Turks, really lefty stuff to, like, the Damage Report, and then through to, like, MSNBC and CNN, and, and then a bit of Fox and Friends as well, just to see, like, what the different outlets are saying. Uh, about the same thing so i i just find he's installed so many people who clearly aren't experts they're right. just in that role because they're in that role like
1: because they're yes men is that what he's totally after
0: totally yes not even yes like what's more of a yes than yes <laughs> yes trump my lover or something <laughs>
1: so what do you think of his hell latest yes. antics with maybe the it's wall?
0: like the hell yes shoot your gun into the roof men what do i think i love the like the whole wall thing yeah so crazy fantastic he's like i just think it's like a magical live theater play that we're all being exposed to yeah and the fact that he's got his hands on the nukes just adds that excitement excitement yeah frisson in the audience you know i'm watching a play about a fire and i could actually burn in this fire i mean that's beautiful yeah
1: It's increasing the stakes, right?
0: Yeah, totally. I think it's life imitating art in a major way and I, you know, I love it. Um, So anyway, so what what have I said to you so far about why I'm so excited to have you on the show and like my various attempts, please tell the audience out there, my various attempts to like get you writing a blog with me and like making something, inviting you to come and do something. Like why, why, what's your view of, of me trying to like get to like this moment?
1: Uh, you have been very proactive for sure.
0: Yeah, is that really a <laughs> polite way of saying I'm a pain in the neck?
1: No, no, no. It, like it's it's really admirable that oh, you're thanks. yeah that you've gone out there and you put stuff out. Like a lot of people talk about it, oh. but very few people do it.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, you know, we live in an age where you're constantly you know open to criticism because everyone's got an opinion, and apparently mm. people's opinions are more important than anything else. Yeah, that's you right. Know? Like. Uh, yeah, over substance, over truth, over other people's feelings. Like... All the
0: combination of substance substance and truth, which I think I said substance just now <laughs> uh, because I have a lisp. So why don't I go into broadcasting with a lisp? We'll never know. Why
1: not? <laughs>
0: right. Yeah, okay. So, all right. Well, thank you. I wasn't fishing with compliments, but that's great. Like, yeah. thank you. Like, what do you think I make of you that I want you in to do this finale?
1: Dissatisfunctional. Maybe you perceive me as someone who's a bit all over the place and a bit of a mess. So maybe that's my expertise. Is that it?
0: Mm, no. Okay. No? You know, Interesting you say that. So I think of life as being, like I'm definitely all over the place and a bit of a mess, but yeah. I'm not going to say that about you. But I would just say that for me, life is all over the place and a mess and that we, what we do is a big giant mess. And then we, you know, we try and stick a narrative and a pathway in a course and we try to improve and we, you know, we try to apply all these things to kind of create a bit of order and a bit of momentum out of it. Um, and I don't know, I feel like like we will like catch up quite a lot and we'll work at the library together and we'll be working on our own like writing, pro, you know, projects and stuff. Um, and if you're listening out there, like Musha's had some great success like winning, like film competitions and like back in the day and writing competitions, mm-hmm. doing a lot of media work and really working all around the world. So she's being super humble right now. But then we'll like not not see each other for like a couple of years or a few years because we're literally maybe not even in the country or yeah. in the same city yeah. and then sort of catch up again. And, and I always like find um, Mush to be um, super refreshing in terms of just not sugarcoating stuff, um, not self-aggrandizing, not making yourself sound, you know, like bigger and more epic than you are but by doing that you already do convey just how epic you are anyway God. so yeah so i just think life is messy i'm more and more i feel like i'm just a bit of an observer in my own life like i'm on a ride and i can't remember if i wanted to get off or not
1: wow do you know okay. what well that's like very buddhism happening. 101 right right there is it, get, get, is it? yeah because accepting? like you're you're observing you're you know you're not like Whoa. in it in it you can sit back and see things as yeah. they unfold, right? Yeah, it's, sometimes things... It's a things, good thing, it's not a bad thing. Sometimes,
0: thank you. Well, sometimes things happen to me and I'm like, look at that poor bastard. Oh, it's me. And then I realize, oh, hang on, I'm the only person who... So I kind of, I have a bit of like a shard and fraud, like I take pleasure in my own misery, but it's me. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not really. Anyway, so I guess one of the main reasons I want to do this podcast, and with it being the finale, I can't help but be a bit self-reflective, I want to just normalize people telling stories about their lives and how they're getting on, and that everyone's sort of personal story and personal experience is really worth listening to. And for me, some of the times I've been most entertained, whether it's a TV show or an interview or just some moment that goes viral and gets captured on film or something, you know, sure, they might be celebrities, but it's really the quality of the story and the interaction that... That matters most. So I think, you know, 10 years ago we were meeting up writing and you were writing a, a really very funny movie script uh, that's got some, and in both cases, what, we had some autobiographical elements in the story for sure. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah,
0: so it's like for me it's like, oh, well, how do we tell this story? How do I tell a good enough story? I think one thing I've learned about entertainment rather than like high literature is mm-hmm. that with entertainment it's just like the story stands on its own two feet. We, we love just listening to things we can relate to. So that's I think that's why I've really settled on this format, not just because all the equipment got really cheap on eBay. <laughs> what about you, Mush? How do you see your creative journey? What you've been trying to do over the years, like change over the years?
1: Um. Uh, well, I guess yeah, I've pursued many creative avenues in the past, mm. from photography to filmmaking to writing. Yep. you know, to uh, directing a whole lot of things. I guess how I see my path shifting is that. I, I look at myself as a person, female of colour
0: yes, <laughs> uh,
1: in Australia, and like my experience or story mm. uh, is not as equal or relevant to perhaps others, mm. so I think that perhaps has become very apparent. What do you only... mean that
0: it is, but it's not viewed as relevant? Like it is as relevant, like it clearly is, especially if it's you, then yeah. it is. Yeah, But you mean that it's not I've valued told. the same? i oh, have <laughs> been, been told? I've been told that. Who, who's told you?
1: Ah, oh, look, uh, uh, producers, uh, write, writing editors, right, right. like, you know, a whole bucket load of people have made uh, comments to that right. effect.
0: Well, normally when someone tries to limit me, I just say to them, mum, I've heard enough. <laughs>
1: No, I guess you know, like I, I wrote a romantic comedy, and it was from uh, you know, a woman of color's point of view. It's
0: very urban, like the meeting up at like Suwaki joints and car parks, and yeah. it's very
1: Melbourne, it's I'd super say, Melbourne. Yeah, 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 it definitely was. Uh, you know, I was I was told, oh, you should really rewrite this from the the romantic male leads perspective, oh. a white Australian male, because then audiences will be able to relate and <laughs> resonate with the story. Oh my God. So, I mean, oh. you know, you can't really get more blatant than that. So. I think, in terms of coming back to your question, I've realised that you have to just do things on your own. Like mm. you can't really uh, rely to get an okay or a green light from mm. the establishment
0: or whatever right, you want to call right. it, or I mean, is The establishment just people holding purse strings who are just green lighting projects or not
1: yeah yeah purse whoever's got the power and whether that's whether they are holding the purse strings or just in a position where they can make the decisions Mm. yeah
0: i've heard a rumor what do you think of this rumor i've heard that with the new like multi-platform like online digital viewing practices changing and that relationship between you know netflix and like how many times are you like oh go to the movies oh you know what i'll just stay home and watch something on netflix like this dynamic is changing like so i've heard a rumor that the platforms opening up in Australia, it's always, Australia's always this subsidiary market compared to the really big markets around the world, mm. in the Western world at least. And that basically like Stan and Hulu and Netflix, basically experiencing this like WTF moment. Australia, we've done such a good job of like hacking off our own vibrant arts culture. Like you see an Australian movie, like there might be four that come out a year or something or less, you know, maybe mm. two that come out a year. Yeah. Um, and they're always the same big names because you need those big names to sort of of get things over the line. There must be yes. so many products and projects like dying on the vine or just pausing on the vine, at least. Yeah. And and so I've heard this rumour that these international platforms come out to Australia and rub their hands together and go, right, show us what you've got, and we don't have stuff for them because we've killed off creative production and, and sort of visual and film and TV storytelling so well and so convincingly over like the last 20 years mm. that there's this content gap. Have you talked to anyone or got the sense of that, uh, you know, have you heard anything like that?
1: Well, I haven't really explored that new space as much, but I probably would tend to agree with what you're saying Mm. in that there is this kind of gap of content. And the reason is from my, what I have been told or what I've learned along the way Mm. is that, you know, the way the industry has been structured, it is heavily been funded by the government. Yeah, and yeah. the funding bodies. So that what what's happened is that they have particular kind of rules in place where they will only look at projects with people attached to them That's who it. have had a couple of other projects under the belt. So basically yes. it's the same people that get recycled through the system again which yes. essentially probably means the same stories, the same point right, of view, right, the right. same ideas. They just yes. get you know. So, so the logic
0: of the market and, and repetition for storytelling. Yeah, the yeah. thing is, your story is so it's so like it engages with like romantic comedy tropes. Like it is, it's a funny, heartwarming. I thought it would check a lot of those boxes.
1: Yeah, you think, but you also have to get people to agree to look at it. I mean, I, I've been I've been told by another production company that. Uh, After being, you know, having a mutual connection, refer me a bit of them, that, oh, we've already got one, we're already looking at one project with an Indian lead female, so we won't be looking anymore. So, they've ticked their one diversity marks.
0: Did they even finish the (laughs) sentence, or did they just go so dot, 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 and... Everyone oh. understands that there's no room for two kind of
1: thing. Well, that yeah, that was absolutely the implication wow. of that, that, yeah. you know, we've got, well, why do you need, you know, two stories out there yeah, yeah. in the cultural landscape of, you know, Indian females in yeah. Australia, because yeah. apparently Australia is, you know, they're, they're invisible or something or like there's only room for one, but that's the way it is. As I said, coming back to the point, I think you just have to accept the environment for what it is mm. and just go out and do your own thing and just not create content or projects that require those mm. kinds of people or institutions to give you the go-ahead like you just have to do it yourself
0: yeah 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 mm. you know what's a long time now it's like a decade ago yeah like i wrote a novel got one chapter published uh had a few people have a few industry people kind of sniffing around because i like the project but you know i'll be the first to admit it probably it just wasn't developed enough as a whole entity uh i got paid to publish a chapter of it in a literary journal you know in yeah. australia so i got paid like 650 dollars for a 3,000-word chapter and just thought, like, yes, I've finally made it. Like, but really that's just this, like, interim thing and mainly it's, like, 40 unpublished chapters with one published chapter, you know, so that's not really going to, you know, that's not going to put a roof over one's head and it's certainly not satisfying enough. But do you feel like for you you've had you've had a few actors and producers and other like film people really take interest in the project and work with you over mm, time yeah. do you let that affirmation be valuable and worthwhile to you or do you are, you are you like no no it's not enough until you kind of make it and it's up there with like a general wide release in the country, then uh, is all that gratification delayed? Or is it affirming when someone in the industry is like, oh, hey, I'm really interested in this project?
1: This brings me back to Buddhism 101 again. You know, know, these Buddhists have got this thing where they create art out of sand. Yeah. And... They spend all like oh, hours, yes, and, hours yes. and hours and hours creating these beautiful things. Yeah. But then they just like at the end of it they just wash it away.
0: Yes. Like yes. they just
1: wipe it away. And the whole thing about that, not that I'm an expert at all, but I think that the the idea behind it is that not to attach yourself to like the praise or the pat on the back mm. or the likes or whatever yes, yes. but you know you can get for something it's yes. it's the pure joy of creating something yes, yes. that you have to really take pleasure in not yes. other people telling you how mm. great it is or whatever but that's of course That's lovely to hear, but it it probably can't be, you know, the the reason to do something. Totally. You know, otherwise you probably won't ever be satisfied, but it's just in the act of creating something that you you know, you derive the pleasure from that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And,
1: um, yeah, of course, you know, if you put a lot of effort and time and energy into something, you do want to see it run its full course. Mm -hmm -hmm. So that's probably definitely frustrating. Yeah. But you know, I've had actors and a whole lot of people read it and they've been really moved or affected by mm. it and that that's great. It's
0: worth something, isn't it? It's worth something.
1: it's worth something. It's worth something. And
0: I've read I've seen a couple of different lots of actors read your screenplay out and yeah. do that performance and everyone in the room is totally on board.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. I don't know. But you've gotten go good feedback
0: from those sessions, haven't you? Like, yeah, you know, yeah, you know,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Had good feedback. So, so that that's always nice, and it's just one of those things that you kind of would like more people mm. to be able to, you know, yeah. and and also as coming back to being a person of color, female, yeah, you know, you want your voice to be heard in the cultural mm. landscape. Mm. So, that, that's also, I guess, probably another incentive that you want. So, so, other little girls or whatever can see a story where they can see them represented yes, and it makes yes. you feel, you yes. know, understood. Yes. And as Oprah says, everybody just wants to be understood, right?
0: You get an understanding and you get an understanding <laughs> and you get an understanding. You
1: all get an understanding, yeah.
0: Uh, I'm butchering poor Oprah, but uh, yeah. not so poor. But, yeah, you know, so. so, okay, so I'm taking two <laughs> things out of what you're saying, Mush. One is that I really need to not sleep on my like 500 listens for my five episodes with zero marketing like I need to not get too carried away in the external gratification of that uh, very early days and if I stop there it's big trouble. The second thing I'm taking out of it is um it's reminding me of in trying to like um because basically I just sort of started this podcast on the strength that on the strength of my faith in my friend, I think my friends are really interesting and so many people from so many different walks of life and I just need to like figure out a way to get them on the show. But when I put the word out there, hey, I'm doing a podcast, like who, who will join me? Um, I've got all these like white dudes like me going, oh, yeah, I reckon I've got something to say. I'll, um, I'll be there. Uh, I'll be there. What time do you want me there? And then I've got to like, I'm just like actually feel bad at how much I'm harassing my most intelligent and engaging female friends to come and step up to the mic and speak because there's like, I'm not going to say who it was, but one of our people who's probably been the most impactful speaker on a previous episode, she she literally spent all week going, really, are you sure? I really, I'm not an expert and I really don't know what I've got to say on this and then just completely owned the episode. Like She was such an MVP uh, Mm -hmm. for that episode and I've had such great feedback specifically for her, what she had to say and other people listening of, said, oh, can you please tell that, that person, like, I really value what wow. I have to say. So I, I've struggled. I'm like, like I'm writing in this little group, like, hey, this is looking good, but, you know, really too many dicks on the dance floor. Like, does anyone want to step back and does anyone else want to step forward kind of thing? So uh, <laughs> anyway, it's...
1: Well, it's the whole lean in thing, right? Right. Like, you know, women have for a very long time kind of sat on the sidelines. Right. And they, they just, they don't step up, you Yeah. Know, and maybe... I we go I don't even
0: know if uh, that's true or a myth. I have no idea. Like,
1: well, I read the book. Right. And she got a lot of criticism for it. Yeah. Uh, understandably so. I'm yeah. not saying that you know she, she was you know
0: she's Oprah. Because <laughs> I, I know when you, I know when you look at artists and stuff like the revisionist history and like left wing history basically goes back into old things and says, no, hang on, women played a vital role in the war. No way. There were so many amazing women artists in the data and surrealism movements. No way. Just women were stepping up and doing stuff, but it just wasn't valued and those stories weren't told. And the big things like getting their stories told. But I, I sort of, I don't, I can't link that up to my experience because the irony is that if I really bother someone to come on the show, then I'm just telling a woman what to do to have a voice and they're not, you know what I mean? Like but it's, you're it's not an forcing amazing them, irony. You're inviting them, sort of right? Yeah, so, Successively.
1: But, but you're, you're, you're like giving them the option to, and then it's up to them whether they step up and actually yeah. want to do this or not. Yeah. Uh, but, but but I do believe it's a thing and part of it might be because there's society values women for their physical attributes. Yeah. And so you, I think a lot of women are so focused on that that they – the other aspects of their being yeah. kind of get sidelined or they don't value it themselves or they don't think anyone else mm-hmm. will value it because they're constantly getting the message that, you know, you've got to be cute and hot. So yeah. like,
0: This is why you're pushing back on the whole Grand Prix girl thing, yeah?
1: I mean, no, I loved that job. That was an amazing job. It allowed me to travel to. And you were like famous,
0: right? Like, because. No. (laughs) The new new women would come on and be like, oh my God, we heard about you. You've been doing this for like 10
1: years. (laughs) No, I did it for a long time. I did it for three years, which was the longest reign. That's true. Yeah. But no, I wasn't famous for anything. I was always baffled as to how I held on to that job because there were like Miss India's and there was a Miss UK and there were all these really beautiful women. And I was just like, me. Yeah. I'm not doing that. I'll give you a compliment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, you know, it's like being in a room full of PhD intellectuals and you suddenly feel a bit like, well, what am I doing in this room? Mm. It was that kind of feeling that I think, oh, so what am I doing here? But, you know, for whatever reason, I held on to the job. It was fun. And it's not that I push back on it, but I definitely don't perceive myself to be this walking billboard. Right, really, that I actually was at that time. Yeah,
0: but. can I just say I I have increasingly come to see myself as a walking billboard <laughs> because literally, like every year, I'm just a bit bigger and a bit fatter, and I just take up so much space <laughs> that I literally like will like brand myself with some some message to get out there and i'm so tall and just i'm like a human door like at parties i have to like back open let people go through the area where i'm forming a human door <laughs> and kind of blocking so i am just like a big wide space to just do you takes like up room. Do you
1: brand yourself with like I messages do. on like t-shirt messages and stuff i
0: do i do i have a picture um uh, a friend got me a shirt of Tony Abbott, and it says "Baddie" underneath, and that is just a great conversation starter. And like knitting Nana's t-shirts and all yep. these like activist groups and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Hey, so okay. speaking of the Buddhist approach and like accepting where we're at and figuring out our creative journeys or whatever, I just want to uh, you know with this being a finale episode. I want to ask you about how you see like the year ending and the year coming up. Did you set Year's resolutions? Now we're like six weeks into the new year. What have you got to say about them? Any of that stuff. People you're listening to, things you're taking on. Like what are like the major ideas? For you over the course of the summer and setting yourself up for a new year compared to last year.
1: Well, you know, over the course of the summer, I turned forty. Mm. I don't think I've said that aloud. <laughs> Hang on, this is the first Especially time publicly.
0: This is the first time I've understood that it happened. That rather than that, it was going to happen this year.
1: Oh, it it's, already it's happened. happened. Yeah, it's happened. Whoa. I just tried to ignore it. Right. tried to pretend if it didn't happen. Okay. You know, that 40 number, like t- talking earlier, does it mean I'm over the hill? What does right. that mean? What does it mean? What am I allowed to be now? What am I lo- not allowed to be now? Mm. Am I allowed to wear tight clothes? Or is that like, <laughs> no, no, like, you know, yeah. I, obviously it doesn't, you know, I will if I want to. but right. But, you know, what does that mean? How do people perceive me?
0: Yes, now yes, that I'm 40, yes. you
1: know that's probably. Uh,
0: well, first of all, is there a change in how you perceive yourself?
1: Um, I I guess I have less energy, but me too.
0: I'm so tired. Yeah,
1: that, that's that's ah, like but everything, that everything hurts. But you look in the mirror and you go, oh, you know, I kind of look like I did last Much year, the year muchness. before. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'm convinced that you look like yourself.
1: Like myself. Yeah. Yeah, like you look like
0: yourself. <laughs> Thank you. I was fishing for compliments there. Yeah. Thank you
1: yeah i guess that has been the biggest obviously thing that's happened for me it's mm. apparently a milestone and i guess i'm just kind of navigating that and figuring out what i should be this year
0: yeah right should, you know, like want to be
1: all of that will
0: will be without a doubt or like we're it's like things you're striving towards and aiming what are you aiming for or it's more like characteristic how should i carry myself this year okay we have
1: got to pause here <laughs> Go you got to ask the question again.
0: The reason I'm asking is is because I know that I set all these writing goals. So I was like, I'm finally at a point where I've squeezed myself out of politics, set fire to my career there, and I think I can finally put my creative writing projects back on the front burner and try to get some stuff done. I really haven't felt that that was a thing I could do for sort of six or Why seven not? years. Um, I feel like I really need to do like urgent political things and they're technical, boring, mundane things that are very big and it's just a different part of your brain. Yes. So and they're just immersing in, you know, sixty to eighty, sometimes a hundred hour weeks, you know, in like you know, leadership roles doing this and that. So so I've found that like that's just been so immersive and consuming and that I haven't been able to think about those other creative things that I want to do and those those creative – I never think this about other people, but I think of it for me to do those things will be like selfish for me to just work on my like idea. self-indulgent? Yeah, self-indulgent, self-indulgent. totally, yeah. yeah. So whereas now I, I feel like I finally kind of arranged the furniture in my mind enough to do it. But then having said all that, I failed every creative writing goal that I set like since the 1st of January, like epically. I like, haven't met a single one. The, like, problem, really the problem
1: is that your time frames then are probably too short. Like we're in the middle of February, so maybe right. you need to extend. But
0: this is now. My, like this is how dumb i am i was like out of melbourne for like 20 days of the month and then like oh why didn't i get my writing goals done like of course anyway no. it's so dumb so that's why i want to know from you like are you aiming to do things this year or is it more like when you talk about who can i be now that i'm 40 yeah. is it like how will i carry myself versus what actual things will I achieve? okay like, what matters more to you
1: separately so what will i achieve thing i guess for me it it's probably more, there's nothing, no particular goal as such, but it's more sifting through uh, and figuring out what, you know, I'm not the first person to say this, but what's like is urgent in your life as mm. to what's important.
0: Yeah. Because yeah, uh, yeah, we yeah. have a
1: tendency, we all have a tendency yeah. to get caught up in the urgent, like yes. our to-do lists. You know, we have to get this done. This. And you don't really uh, give airtime or space mm. to stuff that's actually important. Yes. So it's probably differentiating between those and then focusing on what's important mm. and then the urgent stuff. You what's just
0: an pick. urgent thing that that is taking up your time so far this year that you know that in the scheme of things isn't that important?
1: Um, cleaning the house. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I need to do <laughs> yeah. this. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Just the stuff that, you know, you've got to do like we're talking about. With creative stuff, if you're also juggling paid work, like the mm. paid work stuff becomes urgent, like it has to be done, has to be done. Totally. So the other creative pursuits, they might be important to you. Mm. They might not be important to the world, but they might be important to you in terms of like you feeling like you're expressing or creating something. Yeah. Uh, but because they're not urgent, and mm. like exactly what you're talking about, you ha- feel disappointed you haven't met your deadlines. Because all this other stuff comes in the way, yeah, uh, and you don't focus the energy, or di- first of all, differentiate. Okay, really, what's important to me, and mm, I'll mm. put time and energy into that. Yes, not just all the stuff I have to do. Because a lot of the stuff you have to do can usually wait. It's just that you know we're just so conditioned into being like these getting things done creatures. Like mm. get it done, get it done. Whether it's like life goals, like get married, buy a house.
0: Whoa, have whoa. kids. <laughs> whoa. Back at the truck. Whoa, is that... How often are you thinking of these things?
1: <laughs> no, I mean, I'm 40, so I have to start thinking about them at some point, but I don't know. It all depends on whether they're, like, urgent or important.
0: Because oh, I think I'm done. I think I kind of navigated all the landmines and all the points where I could have done, like, epic domesticity or, like, I know, like, a couple of ex-girlfriends where our bodies wanted us to have children, like, just magnetically attracted to have kids, like, I <laughs> yeah. and I feel like I got through my 30s like by the skin of my teeth like Like, you
1: were you're you're talking like there were like obstacles that you had to get around not obstacles
0: no that i could have so easily just like fallen in a big hole and be stuck raising some kid for 20 years (laughs) talk about never getting to the important stuff you have a kid (laughs) that important stuff's never gonna happen you
1: know that's just the thing though like for some people that is the important stuff i don't understand what you're talking
0: about (laughs) i wish i understood what you're saying
1: yeah hey do. do we
0: want to talk about a time that that mutual friends were trying to tell you to settle down and settle for the next Now, I could be wrong here, but I'm gonna say quote unquote and do the air quotes. The next person willing to have your baby. <laughs> and that and that this wasn't like two years ago, this was like seven years ago. Yeah. We've we've I, I mean, know we've talked about this before, like we, we had different have, experiences of it, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Look, I think I think um what should t- yeah, maybe, but also it's people just, like, you know, caring for you and, like, saying, you know, do you remember how old you are? Like, Whoa. you know, you're not a teenager anymore. You have to, if you want to have certain things in life, you have to start, right. you know, going along those paths, I Except guess. Were
0: they caring for you or were they saying, because we've taken this path, we now consider it the only viable path to be taken? <sighs> <laughs> That was a pregnant pause. (laughs)
1: Well, you know, we live in a world or we live in a society generally where you get these messages that you're meant to do and be certain things at certain ages and it's very hard to deviate because you're made to feel wrong. Right, right. You know, but it's not wrong. It's just different. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if other people impose that upon you, it's really up to you to sit between what's, you know, urgent and important.
0: That's right. And
1: decide what works for you.
0: Now I'm I as I, I think I've explained this to you before, but I want to tell people out there. But I'm so relieved now. I'm so relieved that we chatted about this like a month ago or so because um, my experience, listeners, was that basically these guys gave me some really bad advice and got totally in her business. And I was like, "What? This is bullshit!" And I was like freaking out and acting out and stuff. And they were like, "Don't wake our child." A eh? B, though Mush was saying, yeah, you know what? I think you're right. And I was like, no, Manushka. Like, Manushka somehow, like, internalized, like, the voice of the enemy or something. Um And being really upset that you were like, Yep, yeah, well, no, I think you got a good point, guys. And then I was so, like, this stuff upset me for, like, five or six years. Wow. Um, not just in terms of you being you and you being my friend. But, yeah. But in terms of, like, a symbolic thing of, like, now, look, if listeners out there in their 30s, like I know you know what I'm talking about, the, your friends with kids and your friends without kids, like you're living radically different lifestyles. And there is like a push-pull and I'm and, uh, and not valorizing or demonizing one side or the other. But I think the way we conduct ourselves in terms of like our friends who live differently to us, like the best way to be a friend is clearly to respect how people are doing their stuff, right? Like if they're not... Yeah. If they're not hurting anyone, like, why put those pressures on them? Yeah. But yeah, I was so relieved to talk about this with you recently. And you were like tell me if I got this right. You were like, Oh no, no, I was just humoring them. I just didn't want to upset them and make them feel bad about their choices or something. Is that right? Am I in the ballpark?
1: Yeah, yeah, kind of. Like I was so
0: emotional about that, I might not have even remembered it properly.
1: You know? no, 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 you that that was probably my response. I was like, Whoa. Okay, this is these people have that opinion and I'm gonna take it on board. Like it's not like I'm a, you know, making their opinion not valid or anything to me, taking it on board and thinking, oh, maybe I haven't thought about this, maybe I should be thinking about it. But that's all it was to me. I didn't Whoa. give it any more weight or, okay. you know. Than, than the Do you time have any time. other
0: elements of observations of that time that you want to share quickly?
1: That or, particular instance? or that's that. No, that's
0: that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, you know, that makes me think that you're not just, it's not just like a Buddhist thing that you're taking on board, but that you actually might be the Buddha no
1: well he said if you see me walking down the street kill me
0: (laughs) (laughs) why why that's so good
1: no like about he he didn't want to be worshipped or anything like that
0: wow did he really say that i think
1: say something like that
0: that's awesome that's like an awesome way to end stand-up comedy now look we were going to talk about where's our list like i'm going to mention this stuff because i want like people to write in comment on our Facebook page and like send us emails if you want to hear Manushka come back because when we're talking about news resolutions and stuff we were going to come around and talk a bit about why Manushka thinks that Tony Robbins, Russell Brand and Buddha are, what do they have in common and how do they help her frame her life which you know I don't know about you but oh, like, I desperately need to find out like what's going on there so please do email us um, at, I think it's, it's either thelever at gmail.com or theleva podcast at gmail.com whatever it'll be in the text and then I was gonna run through a few of like what my creative projects are and ask you to kind of rate them for me, Mush. So oh, that, I'd love to do uh, that. So like, you know what, Luke, we're friends. I don't mind telling you this is a terrible idea. <laughs> um go more in this other direction. So you know, so anyway, so we clearly need to have Mush back in the show. So please write in and tell us um what should what should what do we need to know from Mushka next? But yeah, like this library's gonna get close. We have to like
1: we have to know, here. tie You're this one off. Out. Yeah.
0: What What is a big idea that you want? You know, we've taken our listeners on a bit of a journey. What do you want them to know from the end of this podcast to the next time you're back on the show? Oh, well, the
1: only theme I've really felt come out of this was just, you know, differentiate between what's urgent and what's important in your life and don't don't just be on the treadmill of just doing, doing, doing because you'll just end up nowhere.
0: Don't thoughtlessly just keep marching along, right? That's it. Stay engaged. Much better
1: words than I use, yeah.
0: No, I love it. No, well, I'm just making sure I listen properly. Yeah. Um, okay, well let's leave it there. Munushka, thank you so much for coming on. I'm so happy.
1: Thanks for having me. This, this is, is fun. <laughs> this is fun. It's fun, right? It's, it's fun. lots of fun. Oh
0: my god. Hey, imagine if Tanya Mathias is with us.
1: Uh, that's gotta happen. She would lose that her shit. That would be so fun.
0: Yes. Oh my god. Uh, all right, like so stay tuned for like part two of this. But I just want to say too. I couldn't be ending season one of The Lever with, with someone better because Mush really gave me all these great ideas for the whole dissatisfunctional neologism term of thing of being dissatisfied and being dysfunctional and trying to figure it out as you go. So that's really what The Lever, you know, where that really comes from. So, Mush, thank you so much for coming.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Can't wait to have you back. See you later.
1: Me too. Bye. 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 <laughs> great. Well, well, I'm not going to get into what mm-hmm. i, know, what awesome, I Here's man. what I know. No one is the suppository of all wisdom. It's like medicine, though. You have to you
0: have to write this stuff or else what are, you, what are you going to do with the feelings inside? The Lever is available from the iTunes and Play Stores, and it's a podcast from Dissatisfunctional.com. So broken, we can fix anything. Check us out there at the blog and find us on YouTube at Dissatisfunctional TV. If you like what you've heard so far, go subscribe to our page, because once we hit 100 likes, we get our own sweet custom URL. It's actually called a slug, but let's face it, that sounds bloody gross. Uh, uh, no, that's it. It's the vibe.